This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Welcome to the Rejuvenated Woman podcast. Each episode, I hope to bring you open, fun, raw, and inspiring conversations that aim to empower you on what it is to be a rejuvenated woman moving into and through your midlife years. Brought to you in partnership with Rejuvenate Pilates, I'm your host, Kathy Carr, holistic nutrition, lifestyle, and movement coach and founder of Kathy Carr Coaching. Grab your favorite bevy, put your feet up, and tune into what I hope will shed some light on topics around your overall health and well being. I'm really looking forward to sharing this inspiring, knowledgeable, and beautiful young woman with you today. I've been virtual friends on Instagram with Elise Comerford for a while through other mutual friends and we connected and started training online together back in September this year. But it wasn't only until two weeks ago that I was fortunate to meet her in person. You know when you meet someone for the first time and it's like you have met them or you've known them for ages, we just, it's like we were long lost sisters. Anyway, meeting Elise was like we are long distance sisters, it was familiar, she's very inspiring, she's got so much to share, a wealth of knowledge and she's a little bit of daggy which I love as well. (laughs) Now, Elise is an integrative nutritionist and certified GAPS practitioner, holistic health coach, exercise scientist, keynote speaker, mentor, and most importantly, mum to her divine son, Dylan. Along with the GAPS protocol, Elise's culmination of her education and life experience in nutrition and in her own healing journey has given her the fire, the desire to help as many people as possible with their health. What I love about Elisa's philosophy is that she takes the guilt, blame, shame and deprivation out of the equation and focus on the body's ability to heal by nourishing and being an intuitive guide. Elise, welcome to the Rejuvenated Woman podcast. How are you today? I'm great, Kathy, and thank you so much for having me on here. And I just echo that all back at you that spending time with you, which was not enough time. I wish we'd had longer. It was only one night. Um, But spending some time with you in person, it does. It feels like we've known each other forever, which was just amazing to connect like that. Mm, And And dance. And dance. Who doesn't love a little (laughs) bit of daggy dance, doing some things to create joy? So let's get right into it, Elise. Why Tell our rejuvenated woman listener why you got into what it is you do today, helping others nutritionally, but also a little bit about GAPS. How did you come to discover um, GAPS? What is it? And how do you help people through that protocol? Okay, so how I came to doing this, I've always been someone with a desire to teach and to help. Um, so when I was a little kid at school, I remember my grandma just thought it was so funny that my teacher said to her, I feel like I could just walk out of the classroom and Elise would just take over because I've just always wanted to help other people. I was always more concerned with with if everybody else got what they were doing and if they needed my help. Um, so that's just always been me. And Through my life, I have had my own health issues, so lots of gut issues going on. There's a whole list I can rattle off of all the little niggly health issues that didn't make me an incredibly unwell person, but also didn't make me a well and vibrant person. Um, So it was in dealing with my own health issues that health became the thing that 
I was inspired to tell people about and help people with and I could see other people going through similar things and I knew they didn't need to go through that and I knew that they didn't need to suffer like that. And so that's always what it's been for me is what I'm doing and what I've learned <clears throat> and where I've come. I then see other people there and I want to help them and I want to help them get to where I am. And so that's evolved over time through my own health journey and then also as a practitioner, as I've learned from my clients, seeing where they're going, seeing how I'm helping them um, and seeing better ways. So how I practice has evolved so much over the last six or seven years. And so now a lot of what I share is along the lines of the stress and the overwhelm and trying to help people see that health doesn't need to be like that because for a lot of people it is. It's so stressful. It's so overwhelming. It's so confusing. And so I'm really passionate about unwrapping all of that now and seeing that if you are approaching your health in a way and it's making you stressed and overwhelmed, you can't get healthy whilst in that state. That is not the path to health. Um, So that's where I'm really passionate. So where GAPS comes into it for me is on my own health journey GAPS, um, so for those that don't know what GAPS is, it's um, uh, my mind just went blank. (laughs) It's been a busy busy morning, Kathy, but it's gut and psychology and gut and physiology syndrome is the acronym that is GAPS that I do know very well. Um, And, yeah, so GAPS is really focused on traditional nourishing foods and it's about healing and repairing the body from the root. Um, So really looking at the health of the gut, the gut lining, the integrity of the tissues in the body, the microbiome, the body's ability to detoxify properly, all done in a really traditional nourishing way. So that's what GAPS is really all about. Um, And in my journey, GAPS was huge for me in the healing of my gut. So I had lots of gut gut issues, lots of symptoms happening with that. And I tried heaps of things. I tried everything else, really. I think I'd heard of GAPS three years before I ever tried doing it myself because I looked at it and went, I'm not doing that. That sounds too hard. So I tried everything else first. Um, So it was just really pivotal for me and it makes a lot of sense because I like things that just get down and address the root cause rather than just addressing symptoms. Um, that really gets down and figures out why is this happening and really addresses the root cause. So that's what's led me to become a GAPS practitioner. And the reason I'm still a GAPS practitioner seven years later is because it works. Um, So I don't subscribe to something for the sake of, like I don't feel an attachment to it because, well, that's what I am. It's always been about for me what gets my clients the results Um, and I definitely practice in a different way to a lot of other GAPS practitioners because what gets in the results is when we take an approach that is step-by-step, that it's not about the stress and overwhelm. We don't do the protocol for the sake of doing the protocol. Um, we work with our individual clients and meet their needs with the protocol. Um, so, And that's really what I'm passionate about, um, you know, molding something around someone to meet their needs rather than trying to mold a person around a protocol, which is what I see happens a lot in other practices. Totally. Absolutely. I hear you there. Um, When you said that it was, when you first looked at GAPS and you said it was too hard, what was that about GAPS that it was too hard or were you at a point in your life that 
you are under so much stress that taking something on that you may not have known too much about would have been too stressful for you. Was that the reason? Am I on the I'd right? Say a little from column A and a little from column B. So it would have been a bit of both. And gaps looks really overwhelming when it's not the next step from where you're at. And that's that's a really big thing to look at. So when you're looking at doing something and it's here and you're over here, there are so many steps in between that. I love analogies and a really good analogy is if you're trying to, like if you're in a hole and you're trying to get out, the best way is to make like dig little holes and make little steps and you can climb yourself out. If they're too far apart, you're trying to jump and you're trying to grab on and you're just falling again. So that's what's happening and that's what I was seeing happen when I first started out as a really passionate GAPS practitioner who knew how powerful this protocol was, knew how well it could work and then really passionately trying to get my clients doing it. And I could see what it was doing and it wasn't sitting with me because I was seeing them becoming more stressed, more overwhelmed, like really trying to commit to this protocol, but it burning them out. And I could see this, this isn't working. I can't do it like this. And so I had to change how I was doing it. So it was my lesson in that, that yeah, when I looked, first looked at the GAPS protocol, I looked at it and went, that is too hard. Um, and it's because I was looking at it like, well, I just have to start on Monday and I just have to go all in and I've just got to follow it. And I just like didn't even know what to do with it. Um, so, yeah, so it was, yeah, a bit of both. I had a lot going on in my life and also that it seems so overwhelming when you look at it like this whole piece that you've just got to start on Monday, um, which is I, there would never be a client now that we would ever do that with. It's mm. always where you're at right now What's our first step? What do we first need to address? Awesome. I want to extend a little bit more on that a little bit later. But what are what is very different? So I'm assuming, I'm guessing that you start with the basic principles first, you know, are they eating, drinking and, you know, all the basic lifestyle factors. So what is it at the point where they might need the GAPS protocol? And you mentioned that it, you know, it's not an all in, go in right away. Obviously, you know, like with any kind of cleansers, uh, we don't go in all hog first. We need to find out what's going on in the gut first. So what is it different about the protocol from a normal, inverted commas, I put my hands up, from a normal eating plan, meaning if someone was eating, say, very clean, organic food, and what is it? Why would they want to go on the gaps? What is it different about it than a normal eating, healthy plan? Yeah, so I guess um, say if someone's just eating like good organic food, they're probably still eating grains, they're probably still eating starches, they may still be eating some refined sugar um, or maybe some of the natural sugars that do act more like refined sugars anyway. Um, so GAPS really just takes it that next step. And whether or not someone needs to do that, it really depends on what's going on for them. You don't need to fix what's not broken. Um, so if you feel like you're thriving, then great, keep doing what you're doing. But if you don't feel like you're thriving, then something probably needs to be addressed. So the way we work with our clients is really looking at that picture and assessing what's what's happening here. Like we, we kind of, we get that history and we pick back to, we can see, okay, what seems to be a root cause here? Very often it's liver. Um, we're really often addressing the liver, the, that getting the body detoxifying properly. Um, and for most people, there is some kind of gut issue going on. So it's rarely a person I would come across who gaps wouldn't benefit. Um, but that doesn't mean it's the right time for them because it, 
needs to fit in the picture of where they're at. So, um, so yeah, I guess the biggest difference is with a normal healthy eating, GAPS is just taking it to that next level of removing all grains and starches. So um, potatoes and sweet potato are out and tapioca starch. So say if you're comparing it to paleo, it's fairly close. Uh, there's just some differences. And GAPS also has different phases. So full GAPS is what I'm talking about, where there's meat, veg, fruit, nuts, seeds, dairy, um, some legumes, eggs, if I didn't say them already, um, good quality dairy, if I didn't say that, like fermented dairy. Um, that's basically it. And so full GAPS is like the easier easier part of GAPS that's pretty close to paleo. Um, then there's the intro GAPS. So intro GAPS is the restrictive part that people look at and go, oh my goodness, there is no way I'm ever doing GAPS, that's way too hard. That's that part. And so intro GAPS is the six stages where you start out with just eating stocks, meat, veg. Um, if you're tolerating dairy, you can have homemade yogurt and sour cream. Um, and then you just go through the six stages, gradually bringing things in at each stage until you end up back on full GAPS. So when people first look at GAPS, they think that you have to start at intro, that it's like, okay, well, if you're doing GAPS, you've got to start there. And then they look at that and go, I'm just eating soups and meat and veg and like, oh, this is too hard. That's way too overwhelming. How would I ever do that with my family? There's just no way that's happening. So that's generally how people get introduced to GAPS um, is with a bit of a freak out. So um, with our clients, we always go, we, we start from where they're at. So they're generally, we don't get clients that are drinking Coca-Cola and eating McDonald's. We just don't attract that clientele because they don't find us. The, the people that are at that point, they've got a long way to go before they get to the point of finding our clinic. Um, so the people that we get at Wellbelly, uh, generally uh, eating whole food, eating organic, you know, they're might, not perfect, but, you know, they're on that path. It, that, that's just the people that we attract at the clinic. And so it's just taking steps from there. So then we start going, okay, what are some of the GAPS principles that we'll start bringing in? And so for some of our clients, they might not actually do GAPS, but GAPS underpins everything we do because it works, because it's based on principles that heal and nourish the body. So whether or not we can get very stuck on looking at, is it GAPS? Is it not GAPS? Or then if it's GAPS, we've got to follow it this step by step. We can get very stuck on the fact that it's this protocol. Mm. Um, but the way we like to look at it is the first step we'll take with any client is just look at exactly where they're at right now. And we just bring in GAPS principles. So basically we're just bringing in healing and nourishing principles um, that's going to start healing and repairing their body from the root. So we just start there. And then we take the next steps. And so figuring out how far somebody needs to go is really based on just taking it that step at a time. So when we're bringing in those principles, nearly always we'll be working on the liver because everyone's livers are overburdened. We're overburdened with stress for one, which is so toxic. And then everything that's in our environment, we've just totally overburdened our bodies. So our livers really need a lot of love. So we're always working on that. Um, and say if someone's having issues with sleep, then we'll really be focusing on addressing that as well. So there's so much that happens before we even start looking at definitely being on full gaps or then looking at doing intro. And I've worked with families that have come to me when they're, they're doing intro. So they've come, they're like, we're doing intro, we're freaking out, this is so hard, I'm so stressed, this is horrible, we need your help. And they come into our clinic and the first thing I do is get them off intro and say, 
let's just pull right back. Let's go back to full gaps, bring all this food back in. Now let's just, let's just peel back a layer at a time. So that's people that are just jumping way, way, way too far. Um, so it's like that trying to jump out of a hole. They're jumping and they're grabbing onto the edge and they can only hold on for so long and then they slip back and fall in the hole again. Um, so that's where these people are at. And so then I take them, I say, come on, come back in the hole and let's start digging little footholds so that you can sustainably move to that same spot. Um, and the experience that our clients have when doing that, they're like, oh, I'm now doing intro just like I was when I came to your clinic, but it's like six months later and we are doing great. Like they, they're just cruising through. They're like, this feels so easy. It feels so different. So, you know, that's the way health should be. It's not about this, oh my gosh, I need to start this thing and it's going to be so hard, but I need to push myself through it. And I'm curled up in the corner of the bathroom in the fetal position crying every day, but it's good for my health. So I need to keep going. It's not. So, (laughs) Right, right. And there's no deadline really, is there? There's no deadline Mm. to our health because we are there's all different stresses as you mentioned and any yeah. day another stress can come in and it can be one of any of the six stresses and our body will have might have a summation and it'll have a response right it's interesting when you said you know when people have maybe jumped on the the gaps protocol and then they come to you and it's too hard and i think if you agree that you probably see i know i do a lot of People might see something on the internet. It looks fantastic. Someone else is getting amazing results. I want what she has. I'm going to do that. And they jump on whatever it is. It could be a cleanse. It could be a diet. You know, there's going to be a lot of this stuff coming out in, you know, when we get into the new year or at the end of a year, you know, all of these get fit in 10 days or, you know, fix your gut in six weeks or, you know, kill bugs in four weeks or whatever it is without having the understanding of what is actually happening and what we can do about it. And are you ready to go into that phase or that protocol with, you know, with all of that, the intention is good, but having that all or nothing can make us feel a little bit more depleted if it doesn't work in the first place and then our symptoms get worse right yes and our health improves holistically so if you are more stressed but doing the protocol perfectly you're not improving your health so one of the things that I like to say is you can't sacrifice your health in order to be healthy which is what so many people do and I have been there I've been the person that's done that and that's been one of the big lessons for me and change the way that I practice because I got to a point of burnout and I'm like, maybe I need to broth fast. Maybe I need to just like be more restrictive or do this or do that. And it was, no, I was stressed. I had a health food shop whilst my consulting business was taking off and I was doing a lot of work with Joe Witten um, and things were really busy and successful, but I also have a child. Um, and yeah, my life was just crazy, crazy, crazy busy. Um, and stressful and my health plummeted. So if you are trying to change your health in a stressful way, it doesn't work. It just does not work. All of you needs to be moving forward, not just parts. Yeah, totally. And it's having the or accepting that it's not going to happen overnight. Mm. Uh, there is specific protocols and because we're all very different, beautiful, unique human beings with different physiologies, you know, mm. some people heal quicker, some people it takes longer. Mm. 
Are you tired, exhausted, have no energy? Do you struggle with sleep, hot flushes, night sweats? Do you have inflammation, weight gain, aches and pains, or muscle soreness or joint stiffness? Do you get brain fog, mood swings, anxiety, sadness or even depression? Have you lost your motivation, your sense of self, your libido, maybe other symptoms that are common but not normal as a woman in midlife? The How to Get Your Mojo Back for Women in Midlife, Six Steps to Creating a Confident, Strong, Vibrant and Healthy Female Body will give you the foundations you need to live a happy, healthy life as a woman in midlife. Check the show notes on where to inquire or register for the Mojo in Midlife program today. And I wanted to um, touch base on, you know, even son, your son Dylan, you've put him on some of the protocols as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know that um, sometimes we don't think about putting our, well, putting our kids through a cleanse or kind of a gut health journey until they have symptoms. Can you tell us a little bit about why um, Dylan went on it and how it's helped him? So when we, when we think about like cleanses or protocols, we think that somehow it may be restrictive in a way like um, say when you think about juice fast, you know, there's some nutrients you're going without. There's ways that it's hard on the body as well. When we're looking at something like GAPS, it doesn't work like that. Um, it's actually so nourishing. It's restoring their bodies so well that the younger you can have a child doing it, the better. This isn't something that's somehow harsh on the body. This is building. It's building them up and building up their gut and building up their microbiome and giving them all the building blocks. I like to think of it like Lego. So when you make like a meat stock, which is one of the underpinning healing foods on GAPS, it's like you're taking the connective tissue and joints and the, um, the gelatinous meat from an animal on the you know, meat close to the bone and that's the kind of stuff we're using. And you're making it into a stock that's breaking it down into the Lego block amino acids so that you can then put that in your body and then your body can use those Lego block amino acids and build them back up into our tissue. So if you think of doing this for your children, like giving them these building blocks to make the most healthy flesh and organs and connective tissue and everything going on in their system, the younger you can do this with a child, the better. So there is baby gaps, which is just how you introduce food to a baby uh, which is what I did with Dylan and he's gone through the introduction diet quite a few times and I see it as when we're on intro and he's just having stocks he's getting so nourished so I look at it rather than thinking of cleansing or anything like that or a detox it's nothing like that it's a period of extreme nourishment is how I look at it when we go back and revisit that doesn't make it easy though so it was much easier when he was younger of course, it's, you know, what food's in front of him is that's what it is. And, you know, it was much easier to implement. So I recently did an intro with him again, only for a couple of weeks, uh, about a month or so ago, maybe two months ago. And it was a lot harder, but he did really well. I was really proud of him. Um, yeah, he made me laugh though. I mean, he had he had a bit of a moment out front of the supermarket. Um, I probably can't swear on the podcast, but he did. And I was just in shock. It was just like, no more beeping soup. And I was standing in front of the soup. And I was just like, oh, all right. 
we're a bit over this now. But oh. no, he did he did really, really well. Um, and he knows that he feels better when he's doing it. So he'll even tell me, he's like, yeah, no, I know. I know that my tummy is feeling good and I'm feeling better. How and I see his skin glow more mm. and, and, you know, he just looks more vibrant. Yeah, I was when we go back and we do that, yeah. I so say. I work with a lot of kids in the clinic. Uh, we have, yeah, we work with lots of families, lots of kids with a whole range of issues going on. We've seen incredible turnarounds in behavioural issues, just chalk and cheese. Uh, lots of skin issues, so lots of kids with eczema and uh, like dermatitis and things like that going on. We've worked with plenty of allergies and intolerances and have seen them resolve and just kids looking pale and sunken eyed and dark under the eyes uh, uh, or having issues gaining weight. So we work with lots of lots of different issues with kids in the clinic. And I'd say emotionally, behaviorally is some of the biggest transformations that we see. And so I've had parents, many parents say, oh, it's like I have my child back, like, it's like they're themselves, they're able to be themselves, they're not got, you know, these emotions and behaviours happening that are driven by gut-brain connection, microbiome, you know, toxicity, things going on in the body. Mm, that's It's crazy, the effects of all of those things, the preservatives, the colourings, the flavours, and that could be a whole other podcast. I wanted to touch base on, we're talking a little bit about detoxification and cleansing, and what I'm understanding is that you're adding in all the nourishment, all of the building blocks that we need and children need, um, even prenatal and um, postnatal, pre-perimenopause, menopause and post, as we need these building blocks the raw materials to help with our hormones to help with our brain function to help with our sleep patterns but when we take things out when we feel that we're doing well and you said that people come to you when they've been eating well and they might just need to get a little bit further into what's causing their symptoms what about detoxes and cleansers because I have done a parasite cleanse let's talk about parasite cleansers for example because there's a lot of people going, embarking on parasite cleansers. And I know in my husband and my practice that we would put on a, a person on a parasite cleanse, but it depends on the individual. Like you were talking about gaps, it's not for everyone. And let's just heal the gut first. What is your viewpoint and standpoint on parasite cleansers? Should everyone go on them? Who should or should we not embark on them? Can you give us your opinion on parasite cleansers and detoxes? So I'm not a fan of parasite cleansers and detoxes and I have had a very large number of clients come to the clinic after doing popular parasite cleansers and getting very, very sick from them. Like I'm talking not just, oh, I was sick for a few weeks, like it's severely degrading their health and having long, being long-term uh, you know, a long-term chronic worsening of symptoms. So I've had a couple of clients who 12 months after stopping the parasite cleansers are still were still struggling with their health, both both physically and psychologically, from how much it how much stress it caused them and how damaging it was to be going through that process and being told <clears throat> to continue cleansing and continue cleansing and you know thinking they're doing it wrong and that they just need to cleanse more and 
you know, these people are um, suffering through this. They're doing the kind of curled up in the fetal position in the corner of the bathroom, but going, oh, but it's good for me. It's good for me. You know, this is just detox. This is just die off and I just need to keep doing this. So um, so I feel I, I get a bit like when I hear the word parasite cleanse, I go a bit, oh, because I because of the experience and what I've seen with parasite cleansers. And I liked, I look at it very differently. So we it's a very Western medical model approach to look at something like parasites and go, oh, we just they're the cause of our health issues and we just need to get them out of our system. And when we think about parasites in our body, of course, we're all going, yuck, I don't want these worms and these things crawling around in me. That's gross. Of course, I want to do a cleanse and I want to get it out. Parasites are not the cause of our health issues. So our bodies are so smart and we are nature. And the way our body works is in harmony with nature, always. So it's always moving towards homeostasis. That is not something that we can stop. That is always where our body is heading. And whatever is going on in our system relates to our body in some way trying to move towards homeostasis. So if you have a, say, some farmland, so like just a piece of land that's been farmed with chemicals and it's been completely depleted, it's got no soil microbiome anymore, uh, it's completely stripped, full of chemicals, and the farming stops. So that land is then left alone. What will happen is the first things that will move in, it will go mouldy. And fungus will grow. And then as the mold and fungus grows and starts to, it's cleaning up some of that chemicals. So that's what mold and fungus do. Chemicals and toxins, they eat them up. So that mold and fungus, you know, it might be a year that it's moldy and fungus until it's cleaned the chemicals up up enough to a point where some other viruses and bacteria can come and live there too. And then they'll all live there and they'll be cleaning it up even further until maybe some other little bugs can come in and maybe some really, really resilient weeds can start to grow there. And so the growing, the, as the weeds grow, they'll be cleaning it up. The other bugs that come in will be cleaning it up. And to a point where somewhere along the line, other plants will then be able to grow there. And they keep moving through that system until it starts to revegetate and replenish itself. So that's what's happening in, a, in our system is parasites, fungi, that's all invited in for a reason and it's to clean up our system. So they are not the root cause. They are what is invited in to try and clean something up. So candida, I hear everyone wants to do a candida cleanse. Understanding candida is that we are meant to have candida in our body so candida goes and cleans up, you know, if there's some food waste left in our digestive system or cells or, you know, waste products. Like candida goes and cleans things up. When, when we die, candida is what decomposes our body. So candida is meant, we are meant to have candida in our system. And it overgrows because it's asked to, because there's toxicity within our system that's then allowing it to overgrow. It overgrows because it's given an opportunity to. We take antibiotics and that kills off the bad, uh, the, too much of the good bacteria and candida can then, it, it's, it gets that opportunistic side to it as well. Um, so there's always something going on in our system where these parasites and viruses and bacteria and fungi and protozoa are all responding to that. 
So it's we've got to look at it like this imbalance. It's a it's a disharmony that's going on. And because our body is always pushing back to homeostasis, we need to look at ways we can support that. So if you went to that field that's regenerating itself and just started throwing pesticides on it to kill the weeds, where are you going to get with that? Fungicides and herbicides, you know, all those things that kill the mold and do this and do that. Are you, you, you're never going to have soil that can regenerate itself, that things can survive in and grow in and thrive in. So what we're doing when we go and do those kind of hardcore parasite cleansers that are all about, okay, we've got to kill them, we've got to get them out, we've got to get rid of these things, it, it's not so selective that it just goes in and targets the parasite. We're killing off our good bacteria as well. We're, we're, we're throwing something damaging into that environment. And so that can be antibiotics, antiparasitic medications, antifungal medications, like nystatin, like that's the kind of thing a lot of people go down that path of doing, or it can be herbs, but they can be just as damaging. Mm. Um, so even going down the herbal route and, and taking all of those really strong antibacterial and antifungal and antiparasitic and all those herbs is really damaging as well. And it's still that Western medical model, model approach of we've got to go in and we've got to kill them off. We need to look at it more like there's an imbalance here and how do we support this? How do we support this? That our body wants to move back towards this homeostasis. How do we support the regeneration of our soil, which is our gut lining? And then the microbiome, which is embedded in that soil. How do we regenerate this? So we need the building blocks to repair that soil, which is those amino acids, those Lego pieces, to start repairing the connective tissue so that we have a good gut barrier and a good brain barrier because our gut is that's where the food goes in and it's this barrier between us and the outside world basically. That food enters the digestive system and on the other side of that, that gut wall is our blood. So how's, how, what's going through there? How's it going through? If, it's, if we've got a damaged gut lining, then it's toxicity going through, it's food going through in a way our body doesn't recognise as food. Um, if we've got a, the microbiomes damaged and unbalanced, there's a lot of toxins being produced. That's all going diffusing through into the blood. So we've got this source of toxicity going on in the gut, and that's what we need to change. So anyone who's being told parasites are the problem, you know, they're what's going on with your health. This is what they've got going on. The gut's going to be damaged. There's going to be an imbalance of uh, gut bacteria. The microbiome's going to be unhappy. The gut's going to be a source of toxicity. And then you're just going to be throwing antibacterial, antiparasitic um, things in on top of that to try and kill things off that release more toxins that are then being diffused into the blood that's creating more inflammation. The liver is like, think of that like your kitchen sink's a bit blocked, um, which is what's going to be happening if you're in that kind of situation. And so you're basically just going and just shoving more things down there that it can't even deal with anyway. So you're just creating this storm. And so that just makes absolutely no sense to me. That's not at all working with the body. You're not actually supporting the body in any way what needs to happen. So I have seen parasite cleansers. Someone actually was telling me about one the other day, which I think is in Czech protocol. Mm-hmm. Healing fungal, um, fungus. And it did sound, it, yeah. So uh, for, I don't... I don't know it in detail. Um, I just looked at some of the products and it did seem like it was taking a better approach to me because the reason that parasites and, um, and 
fungi and that candida and that kind of stuff will be there. It's because there's toxicity in the body that needs to be cleaned up, cleaning up the toxicity. So you need to be taking binders and things like that, which was in that protocol. Um, yeah, taking binders and actually cleaning up the toxicity. And But what's really important is healing and sealing, repairing the gut lining and making sure the liver's working properly. So you can't go and, and get toxicity out of your system and start cleaning things up and start repairing things if you're not actually addressing the root cause. And how you address it shouldn't have you curled up in the fetal position. So if you're doing things like that and it's making you really sick, then it is not what you should be doing something in your body is not coping with that and it's creating more stress. And so that's something I see a lot of people going down that path where it's causing so much stress on the body. Yeah. Um, yeah, which I really don't like. Yeah, well, thank you for that incredibly in-depth and answer and information. It's given me a little bit more insight and I'm sure our listener as well. If someone was interested in working with you Elise, where would they find you? How would they get in touch with you on coming to work? Do you see people individually? Do you have a clinic too, don't you? Tell us a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so I have a clinic. It's called Well Valley Health Clinic. And the way our clinic works is my position in the clinic is in managing everybody's treatment plans and, they, and our clients work with the practitioners in the clinic. So we've got a number of amazing, incredible practitioners in the clinic that are all GAPS practitioners um, and I've all been practicing for a very long time. And, um, so yeah, so we have, we do free initial consults. So that's how you would start working with the clinic. And then we do packages. So, um, the free 15 minute, or is it 20 minute? Yeah. Free 20 minute initial consult is a good way to start with us. So you can find me at Elise Nutritionist on Instagram and there's at Well Belly Health Clinic on Instagram as well. And then we're at wellbellyhealthclinic.com.au and you can also email support at wellbellyhealthclinic.com.au um yeah and i i think our, our clinic definitely takes a unique approach in how we work so all of we all work together with all of our clients so i support all of the practitioners and we're talking about clients on a daily basis and making sure that everyone is getting their needs met so um, yeah that's beautiful thank you so much and we'll pop those links where you can reach Elise in the show notes down below um, I love that you definitely treat everyone as an individual so for the rejuvenated woman listener if you have some gut issues if you're having some symptoms maybe you've thought about going on a cleanse and you want to have a little bit more information maybe gaps is something that you could benefit from reach out to Elise and Elise before we close today I want to ask you what does a rejuvenated woman mean to you? What does she look like? What does she feel like? And what is your number one tip to the listener on how they could be a rejuvenated woman? Mm, that's a really, really lovely question. So I would say that a rejuvenated woman is one who is in her power. So I think it's very important that whatever you're doing, <clears throat> you're connecting deep within yourself and that's where it's coming from um, so that your decision-making and whatever approach you're taking with your health or whatever you're doing for yourself, that it comes from deep within. That's I feel is really important because it's very easy to look at what everybody else is doing or um, follow things that don't feel right. 
for you. So I think that's really important. What was the next bit? What, well, you said the, yes, Mm -hmm. what she feels like, what she looks like. Mm -hmm. Your number Number one one tip. My one tip would be, I want to say listen to your intuition, which is really what I just said then anyway. So that's that's a bit of a cheat. I could probably give another one. Um, I would say to take time out for yourself. Beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's really important and to not feel guilty about it. Um, And, yeah, really make sure that you're allowing yourself to take things one step at a time and give yourself the time and space um, to do what feels right for you. Oh, that's beautiful. That's given me tingles. Mm. I think that's beautiful advice and something that we can all take on board most definitely. Elise, gorgeous woman, thank you so much for hanging out with me this morning. Again, it's not long enough, but I hope that you'll come back onto the show at some point. I'd be happy to. Thank you so much for sharing your information with our listeners and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Have a beautiful day. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks for having me.